With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hello, broads. Welcome back, broads. It's good to be here. Yes, it's always good to be here. It really is. This is like, even though we're, you know, doing this for the listeners, this is also for us. Let's be honest. (laughs) Sitting down is like therapy. We get together and Becca and I are like, for a couple hours. We got to talk about our, we got to get our ish off of our shoulders. And then we're going to talk about this fun topic and feel like you guys are like with us in the room as we gossip or do whatever we're doing. Yeah. I'm really um, loving the non-bachelor content, and I think that some of the listeners are too. So. I think so. Yeah, we've gotten such a great response. And I'm, don't get me wrong, very excited for this upcoming oh, season. Yes, yes, yes. But it's been nice. So I think, you know, we are going to move forward doing uh, bachelor content, obviously, as it comes. Every week we'll be doing mm-hmm. the recap, but we're going to be filling in more episodes with non-bachelor content as well. By the way, shout, shout out to our male listeners. I don't know what to call them. They're not... I mean, I guess they can be one of the broads, but I feel like they're all, we're all just a we're all just a bunch of broads. We, we're taking that word for ourselves. I was like trying to think of what like is bros, it, bro squad. Oh no, 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 the Bob squad. <laughs> the bro squad is the just like a bunch bro of bros squad. chugging a couple of monsters and having a burrito by the pier, brother, in our lifted <laughs> trucks. Only Bro- ever lifted the bro squad. No, but one of my friends who. I was hanging out with him and his wife and his wife has never listened to our podcast, but he has listened. Shout out to Luke. He has listened to every one of our episodes. Stop. That makes my heart and so big. And he's like, he, dude, he was asking, he was like, can we, something like, can we hang out with you and Jess sometime? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure she'd be down. He's like, oh my God, like Jess. Oh ah, my God. he was God. like now. so it was cute. Great. And he said he likes these episodes so much. Like he enjoys them. He enjoys the Bachelor stuff, but he says he enjoys these podcasts like so much more. Right. I like, I, when we initially started uh, recording before we ever did Bachelor content, I had a couple of my male friends and one of them, like, who's this drummer that I respect, like I fangirl over, even though he's a friend of mine, uh-huh. messaged us and was like, I love, or messaged me and was like, I love the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, this is a man. So here's, here's the T broads, female broads. <laughs> if you are a straight female looking for a man, find a man that listens to our podcast <laughs> or listens to a, a female, a female saturated podcast in general. Yeah. With good content, with good not content. like, not like the sleazy one. Yeah. We won't name it. <laughs> this is not, we're not talking about a bachelor one. No, 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 there's, no, no. there's one, there's a, there's a, I don't want to even say the name, but there's a, a podcast that's flown around. That's gotten very big. That's very sleazy. Even for me. I know. Um, I know. but, a but a male, a straight male who, appreciates a female saturated podcast i have i'm so all about this this is what we need in the world right now also i'm like that's so great that you're listening to these about like the birth stuff and about like body image and about like you know today's episode is going to be about postpartum and while these are sort of like 
quote, female topics. Yes. How much better would the world be if men like really knew firsthand what this, what these experiences were like Honestly, outside of their girlfriend I or wife? I can't imagine whatever. growing up in a world like that. That'd be it, amazing. It, oh, let, let's make it happen. <laughs> but yeah, it makes me really happy. Me so too. shout me out, too. shout out to, uh, the bro, bro squad. <laughs> the bro squad. The broad bros. The broad bros. Oh, I like, I like that. that. I like that too. Um, I also had a, a DM from a girl who is a avid listener and she was saying that she's listening so often to the podcast mm-hmm. and our voices that even though her husband doesn't technically listen in one of my stories the other day, when I talked about getting lip fillers, she said without even seeing my face, he popped in and goes, I thought that Jess said they hurt too bad. She got him. <gasps> oh yes. <laughs> Like, we're leaking into the brains of the husbands everywhere, even if they refuse Wait, to listen. That is so funny. Like, he I was, was listening dying. that carefully. I was dying. God, oh, that's great. Makes I'm me really like, happy. Yeah, we're just leaking in everywhere. Just yeah. like, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad we can share in. our lives with the world. I'm trying to get my brother yeah. to listen because my brother and I were on the phone last night talking about um, God. And in Christianity okay. and what he's going through right now. He's at a Christian college up in Oregon. But um, I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to send you our episode because I think you'd find it really interesting. Like, And he was like, okay, send it to me. Like, I want to listen. So I sure hope. Stoked on that. My dad used to listen. And then he got to like episode three and was like, Jess, I love you so much, but I can't hear you talk about these things. Yeah, no. Real I'm like, raunchy. yeah, no. I'm like, yeah, please don't listen, dad. Yeah, no. Love you so much, but please don't. Yeah, no. These ones lately have been a lot more uh, PG in a way. Kind of. Yes. Actually, no, last week's, last actually- week's episode. Is- <laughs> All right. Well, we're yeah. talking about sex, so maybe not. Yeah, Dad, please don't listen to the sex one. No. He won't. He'll see the title and run. Yeah, when you're talking about teabagging. Yes. Which, <laughs> by the way, if you listen to our episode last week, we discussed teabagging and we were correct in our definition. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Well, I suppose it said. We I looked at the definition. At, by it the said way, balls the definition on the is on Wikipedia, and they have a very graphic image. Yeah, look up look up teabagging and click on the Wikipedia. Please don't link. do this if you're at work. No, okay. NSFW. <laughs> this is not safe for work. Um. Anyways, <laughs> oh my god. Well, today's episode we're going to be talking postpartum. What talks or what uh, what happens after what, teabagging? What talks after what teabagging? What talks after teabagging? What happens after teabagging? You get pregnant? You get impregnated. <laughs> and then you have your baby and then, and then once you have you, no time for teabagging. And then teabagging doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the only teas that you're going to be bagging are the ones full of caffeine to keep you up all night, but not too much caffeine because the breast milk will wake the baby up. Yeah. Oh, that was that was <sighs> really smooth full uh, circle. Yeah. Full circle. Good work on that one. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. So, uh, we want to talk postpartum. We've had the the pre, when, when Becca was pregnant episode, then we had the, the pl- birth the plan, story. The birth story. Yeah, and the birth story. We got so much positivity back yeah. from that, um, that we wanted to talk about postpartum because postpartum There is, is so much to talk about it. It's, to me, obviously, I'm not going to say that there's a most important part of birth, but I feel like postpartum is the most ignored part of birth. Um, Absolutely. And so I know personally for me, I didn't have any postpartum education or it was just minimal. Right. So it took me by storm big time. All I knew is I actually did read some books and 
I was armed with some knowledge that it was going to be really hard and that I would need to protect myself in a way. And that was valuable for me to just know that. But it's funny. I was in Trader Joe's yesterday and some lady started talking to me like, how old is she? Like, and she's like, how are you feeling? Like, you look good. You look like you feel good. I was like, I feel great. But then I was like, you know, those first few weeks were really hard. And she was like, and then we started getting into it and she's like, I know no one told me like no one told me. And I hear that all the time. No one told me hey how hard it would be hey guys what's with the weird secret that is postpartum why isn't it talked about i don't know um we want to bust down that wall yes. a little bit right now and let me let me say this starting off before we we uh pay for the podcast with an with an ad over here um two things mm-hmm. number one please we're not doctors so if we say something you know we feel like we're decently educated on the topic we're trying we're trying our best over here but i am not a medical professional so you know consult a doctor yeah that's our disclaimer disclaimer yeah and number two we don't want to make this episode sound negative at all so when we are talking please don't make this a thing that uh, don't be scared of birth after we talk about this all the stuff postpartum postpartum all this stuff happens in a flash you don't even realize the time goes by so quickly but because there are a lot of tough things that aren't spoken about we do want to be very open and honest well yeah one thing i want to say and i think we will maybe touch on this in another episode Mm -hmm. is that a lot of stuff is um not preventable, but you can plan for your postpartum the way you would plan for a birth to make it go as smooth as possible in your situation. Right. So I think that we'll do this episode kind of more on like the fun, quote, fun facts of postpartum and like what it's like after birth and dealing with all that. But there is so much to cover. And uh, one of the big issues that people, that is kind of like this mysterious dark elephant in the room is postpartum depression. I think a lot of women don't understand what's the difference between normal right. baby blues, first few weeks, crazy hormones mm-hmm. and actual clinical postpartum depression. And I think we'll do another episode just kind of talking about the emotion, postpartum emotions, postpartum yes. depressions, baby blues, and hopefully get an expert on for that too. Yes. That is such a important topic that we want to be, um, we want to have an expert with us or someone that has like seriously suffered through this and we want to give it enough time because it is a topic that's so important. So yeah. And, we're it's, gonna be... and it's hard. The, the feelings and emotions are difficult. Yes. Um, Speaking of depression, (laughs) what an intro, (laughs) but speaking of depression, I think that we should talk about therapy. I think we should talk talk space. Talk space is a therapy for how we live today. It's mobile, it's available when you need it, and it's affordable. So important, the affordable part. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Finding the right therapist can be tough, but Talkspace makes it so easy with their online matching process that takes your unique preferences into account preferences into account to find someone whose style and expertise match your needs. The process is really simple and they care about you over there big time. You feel seen immediately just through the matching process and you no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's in your mind because let's be honest when you need therapy you need therapy now. Well with Talkspace you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your own device from anywhere at any time of day or if you're having a tough time you can always schedule 
schedule a live video session with your therapist for extra support, which is amazing. Cause I know for me, I like to have that face to face contact sometimes. And, yeah. But when you're postpartum, it can be hard even to get out of the house exactly. or when you just have a baby. Talkspace is later. a perfect, perfect avenue uh, for, for therapy for yeah, mothers just in general. Busy people. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of my favorite things about Talkspace is they have a new program and it's called Talkspace for Teens. One in five kids deal with a mental health health issue in their daily life. And now Talkspace is offering counseling to teens age 13 and up. So you can help take care of your child's well-being with the help of a professional in an easy and affordable way. It's so affordable. One month of therapy on the Talkspace platform costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face session. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com and make sure to use the code CHATTY to get your first week free and show your support for the show. That's chatty at Talkspace.com for your first week free. Thank you, Talkspace. I I, I love them. They're amazing. Awesome. Okay, well, let's dive into it. Let's dive in. So I don't really remember what we... um, covered at the end of the birth story because there are so many things that happen immediately like like, right after birth it's like hours after birth and you're just bombarded like what is going on yeah and I'm interested because you had a different experience than me you were in a birth center I was in a hospital Mm -hmm. oh yes Yeah. yeah how many days did you spend in the hospital before you went home I was there for 48 hours okay so did they make you poop before you had to leave oh honey they made me poop like right after oh what I mean, okay, to be honest, time is a weird blur in those first few hours or those first few days. But from what I recall, after I had the baby, a couple hours after, they gave me a stool stool softener and say that five times fast, stool softener. softener. (laughs) Um, And they made me poop. And it was one of the scariest things ever that no one had talked to me about. Yes. Pooping is scary after your vagina is, uh, after you're pushing, pushing for a long time and mine ripped a little bit as did yours. Mm -hmm. Uh, the idea, Oh God, don't use the word rip. I like tear better than ripped. Ripped actually, but, but ripped. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) No, that makes it sound like we had a third or fourth degree tear, which we did not. There are different kinds of tears. We had a little baby one. Um, yeah, we know all we had was a little labial tear, which there's just like a little, basically a little cut to the side of your labia. I had a, yeah, I had, I think that, and I had a little like down one too. Oh, okay. Cause I had some stitches. Yeah, I, I had did two. too. But okay. mine was off this, mine was okay, off the to side, the right okay, side okay, of then my that's labia. what mine was. That was mine yeah. with the labial. Cause I was very confused when they talked about the tear and I was like, what is the labial tear? Because I've only heard of the one that goes down. Yeah. And that's a third or fourth degree tear. And that is gnarly. And fun fact, if people ask why you would want to do an unmedicated birth, the rates of episiotomies when they cut it. Yeah. Oh, and third or fourth degree tears do go down when you're unmedicated because you can feel how hard you're pushing. Yeah. So in case you needed a, a little boost of, yeah. Because yeah. because I actually was listening to somebody the other day and she did have an epidural and she had, mm, she had an episiotomy and that stitches all the way down to your fucking asshole. Like, oh, women oh. are warriors but also what the hell? my mom had an unmedicated one and she also had to have an episiotomy yeah, it just, and it she's ha- i don't know i, I can't wrap my brain around the idea of that because i had God. our the little tear that we had and i was like traumatized the, the feeling again because 
if I if I would have known going into it that I had only heard oh, about the God. episiotomy, like yes. the only thing that had been communicated to me was don't let them do and like don't allow them to cut. Oh my! Because that used to every be every time thing. we say it, right? Yeah, it used to be way more prevalent. And they there's used some to hospitals just cut. that still have really high episiotomy rates. Right. This is, by the way, something to ask your care provider yes. what their episiotomy rates are. Ooh, great! First question, you're like just sitting. So I need to know. Is you my perineum going to be intact after bottle this? glasses. Excuse me. <laughs> what are your perineum rates? <laughs> I don't give a shit about your, your rate rates. I care about your perineum <laughs> rates. Because I do know, like, at the birth center, they have a super low rate of, of episiotomy. Yeah. Because they have all their witchy techniques, all their midwife witchy techniques for getting that baby out without cutting you. I know um, documentaries like The Business of Being Born is really making an impact on hospitals as well. They're really cutting, cutting back or cutting down on those. <laughs> cutting back. <laughs> I can't even think about it. But point is, is that because of the stitches, I'm literally the, holding. I'm literally I know, holding I my know. crotch See, right now. It's like, like very fresh for you. Yeah. I, this is a little bit of a di- not a distant memory, but a little bit. It's crazy how your brain protects you and like that means you're ready for the second out. one because you've forgotten everything. Stop putting this juju on me. <laughs> I keep saying this to Jess, by the way. I'm like, so, Jess, like so when's the second baby? No, actually, what what actually happened is like last week we were me and Gray were here recording. I was like, Evan, Jess, I don't know. You know, I'm a little bit psychic, and I just want to let you know it's not over. Ember, will Evan was not, not be your last. Evan, Evan was like, was shut pleased. the fuck up. Evan was like, why are you saying this? I was like, I don't even have my kid in a big girl bed yet, okay? <laughs> she still is not even fully potty trained because she refuses. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, another thing I want to say, kind of a disclaimer. Neither of us had C-sections. So yes. we do not, I, I really, to be honest, mm, no, I have had a couple people close in my life, uh, like close friends who have had C-sections, but I haven't talked to them in depth about it. So I'm sorry if... I personally don't really yeah. know what that experience is like. Yeah, I do. And I know, know that, that can be really rough. I know for me, a lot of my friends um, who have had C sections have very, very similar postpartum stories, except for the fact that they They've had gotta, major surgery. Yeah, and then they can't really move for a couple weeks or drive or do all these sorts of things. My mom did say she, she you know, like I said, she had an episiotomy, and I think she had a fourth degree tear. It was really she had a fourth degree tear. And an episiotomy. I don't really know. This is a medical thing that I don't know. But um, she said that her recovery for the C-sections were actually a lot easier. Really? Yeah, which might be kind of rare because I think she had a particularly gnarly situation. But um, I don't know. She was like, yep, I took the C-section recovery any day over that. I have major respect for the C-section mamas because I'm so scared of surgery that um, the idea of a C-section is very scary to me. No, me too. I was terrified of the idea. And I was trying to make peace, you know, going into my birth plan with the fact that I might have to have an emergency Mm -hmm, mm C-section, but it scared me. I do not like, I don't even like having surgery on my mouth. Oh, like no. I, I, I had to get a tooth thing one time and I was like, oh, no. no, any sort of surgery. I'm just like, I'll just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes. Okay. Pooping, pooping, <laughs> postpartum. If you have any sort of tear, even if you don't, it's very scary because literally basically you have the impact of a 
car going 45 miles an hour hit your vagina and then all of a sudden you're supposed to be like yeah let me just relax and get this turd out well this is it's horrifying it was funny i think i talked about this a little bit on the birth story but after i got done with the birth i was like whoo got that out of the way and then immediately i was like ow 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 and was by the way this an is hour was it about an hour later for you no immediately immediately, no, immediately okay. i was sitting in the tub holding ruth and i go people say that because of the hormones you don't feel anything after the birth like the pain disappears i i still feel it i was seriously like that i was like um, I, I, I said all of that. I was like, I thought because I'm so oh in love with God. her, I'm not, yeah. I, sh- I still, I still feel it. And every, anytime anyone would like, t- t- um, cause so the way that I did it, I don't know how you did it, but we did, I think they call it like the Lotus birth or, or Lotus or whatever the fuck it's basically when the placenta is still attached to the baby for yes. as long as possible oh, okay, until okay. the cord turns white and stops pulsating. Okay. And that is so you can get like maximum blood and nutrients out of the placenta and into the baby. Oh, um, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> I was like, when anybody would like touch the, the cord that was still attached to her, I'd be like, ow, ow. Cause I would feel it like brush oh, up against honey, my vagina. See, that would have been... <laughs> Like, that would have been really hard for me. Really hard for me. It didn't really hurt. Because I, no, I would have been thing. thinking about yes, it the I was whole like, time. It's, uh, they cut, ow. Evan cut the cord pretty soon after she came out. And for about an hour for me when she was on the chest and I was watching her get like cleaned up and yeah. weighed and whatever. I, was, I wasn't feeling the pain. And then suddenly about an hour later, I was like, what just happened to me? Like this hurts so much. Well, what I was wondering was, did you, when she was born, did you have that like instant, like my baby thing? I really wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Cause I want, I wanted okay. to talk about this too. Um, I did for about 15 minutes. Okay. I had this, she was put on my chest. She made eye contact with me and stuck her little thumb in her mouth, which by the way, was the only time she ever sucked her thumb ever. Wow. Very weird. Very Immediately weird. Immediately after being born. Yeah. And she's looking in my eyes and I all of a sudden was like bawling, like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then about 15 minutes later, I would say, and judge me if you will, I didn't think about her as my baby for maybe two weeks. I don't judge you at all. Okay. I, because I did want to talk about, uh, about this big time because I, I feel like it's very common. Yes. To hear the story of I fell in love immediately. It was never the same after that. And yeah, that's- it's okay if you don't like, if you aren't obsessed with your baby, even if you don't like your baby because of all the yep. hurt that just happened. And there's so much trauma. Um, well, yeah. So my big sister, yeah, she actually told me that with her first, she had a really difficult time bonding yeah. for like several weeks. Mm-hmm. And she said she did not have those overwhelming romantic I love my baby feelings immediately mm-hmm. after, or even in the coming weeks, like I said. But she told me that. And so Oh, that's so I good. I knew to have that, that it was okay. Yeah. Like, and I knew that now my niece is eleven and I know that she loves her. And I yeah. know that it's fine. And when Ruth was born, it wasn't this I'm in love with my baby. It was like adrenaline. She was clinging to my chest, and all I could think was like, thank God. And and like I said before, I loved 
please listen to the birth story if you haven't. I I really enjoyed it and I'm really looking forward to to doing it again. Yeah. But imme- immediately after, I was clinging to her and I was just like, "Thank God that's over. <laughs> like I did it. Never go back inside there again." <laughs> I was like, ah. like the adrenaline was just surging and yeah. I was just kind of holding her and I was just kind of like an animal where I was just like, "Yeah, nobody look at it. Yeah. Nobody touch it." I was like, "Don't touch me. Don't touch my vagina." <laughs> that's really like all I could think about. I was like, "Did I tear?" Did I tear? Like, yeah, don't the touch the cord because the, the cord still attached to the placenta inside me. Like, yeah. is it going to hurt when the placenta comes out? Is it going to hurt when you give me stitches? That is all that was going through my uh-huh. head. And yeah. actually, so I had to have a couple little stitches. So they, they took mm-hmm. me out of the tub. And doesn't really I hurt, was holding, by the way, right? Not too bad. No, I was like, is the shot going to hurt? Yeah, no, it's not Is bad. the shot going to... It was just like a pinch. Yeah. But Here's everyone is laughing have, at me. You have so much trauma that just happened. Everybody, yeah. don't be scared of the shot afterwards. There's Your body's been just... Yeah, you're like, thank God my labias are numb. Yeah, no, seriously, (laughs) the shot's not bad. I'm very scared of shots, and it wasn't bad at all. But I remember when she was laying on my chest while they're giving me the stitches, I was saying to Ruth, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm sorry, Ruth. Like, Well, she wasn't named Ruth yet, but I was like, I'm sorry. All that I can think about right now was, like, me being in pain. And I felt guilty because I wasn't, like, obsessed and just being like, look into my eyes. Mm -hmm. I love you. Instead, Mm -hmm. I was just like... Is this next thing going to hurt? Is this next thing going to hurt? Is mm-hmm. this over yet? And I felt immediately like guilty mm-hmm. already, which by the way, welcome to motherhood is just trying not to feel guilty as I often know, as possible. Right? <laughs> um, okay. So, so yeah. So the point being like, please know you are not a monster or a freak oh if God, you don't no. feel connected to your baby, even for like a few weeks. I, if I'm being completely honest, like, after a few weeks, it got better for me where I felt more like coherent and aware that my, that this is actually my daughter and I was then getting more attached to her. But like, I know for me, Ember had a terrible colic for the Mm. first six months of her life. So it even took me till she was almost about six months to really be like, I adore everything about my daughter because I was kind of just trying to survive and, and do a decent job. Yeah. That's all that I was thinking about. I wasn't like staring deeply into my baby's eyes and I, and I did feel guilty about all the time. I'd have those snaps all of a sudden where I'd be like changing her quickly and be like, Oh my vagina still hurts. Like whatever. Mm -hmm. And then be like, Oh my God, I haven't even like really soaked you up in like 48 Mm -hmm. hours. What's going on? And then, and then you feel bad and then you're guilty and you ball because your hormones are out of control that I'm like, I'm a horrible mother and uh, all this drama. Yeah. But so don't, do not feel like, that you're going to have this immediate bond, like Becca was saying. Um, it is your baby. You will feel that way eventually. Don't worry. There is a lot of postpartum depression uh, connection with that, obviously, as well, um, which we'll talk about in another episode. But um, even if you're not, if even if you don't have any postpartum depression, this is still, like, a very real thing. Well, so yeah, and I think it's a normal feeling for a lot of people. So don't be scared, like, oh, do we have postpartum depression if you're still not feeling these crazy connected feelings? No. Or even if sometimes, you know what, I'm going to say, even sometimes you might feel like you hate your baby. Yeah. And you're like, please stop crying. Please just go to sleep. <laughs> oh. As, oh, my God, Ruth, I don't hate you. Ruth, I do not hate you. Ruth is like, what did mommy say? <laughs> Oh, baby. Um, But you know what? Like, it's okay. If you feel like you want to hurt your baby, you should talk to 
a doctor. You should talk to a professional. But Um, understand that you are going to have those moments where you feel so frustrated and helpless. Yes. And it's, that's when it's time. Wow. She is really playing into this right now. She's leaning in. That's when it's time to go contact a friend, a family member, your significant other, whoever, and be like, I need a moment alone. I need help. Or if that's not an option, Put your baby on their little yes. mat somewhere safe and just keep an eyeball on them, yes. but just step away, step take a deep breath. You're going to be okay. Your hormones are going crazy. The feeling will pass. Well, be kind to yourself. And you know what someone told me? If you need to take a step back and your baby's screaming their head off, even if you need to take 15 minutes, look, you're 15 minutes of your baby screaming, if you need to take a breather, mm-hmm. even just like step outside the door real quick and get a breath yep. of fresh air. Your baby's going to be okay. You're not going to traumatize them for life. Mm -hmm. It's better for everyone if you can take a moment to just relax. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. When when that concept was finally like really taught to me, which probably didn't happen until Ember was like two months old, where someone really like sat me down and communicated that with me, it was the most freeing thing that Mm -hmm. ever happened to me as a mother where... All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not a bad mother and I'm not going to traumatize my baby. Okay. And having, and even though I didn't, and then ultimately knowing that that was an option, I didn't feel the need to step away as often. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm stepping away or I'm calling my mom and being like, mom, I'm about to lose my mind. I need you to come help me, you know, and hold her for like an hour or something. Yeah. Um, and that changed everything. Um, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Be kind to yourself. Always be kind to yourself. You are doing something. You're doing crazy shit right now. You are taking care of a human life. Be kind. And your body. You're healing yourself. And your body goes through these really gnarly transitions very quickly where it goes from all of the hormones and your body is fully dedicated to, to growing a child Mm -hmm. and then, and then pushing it out of your body, which is an incredible heroic feat to then healing from it and I think the healing could be kind of the most intense process yes. and I just remember saying to Grace and crying and saying I will birth her all over again if I can skip past these first few weeks yeah and so it's that was the hardest it's very very important and I say this with every passionate bone in my body that I can and I tell this to everyone I know who is pregnant please please if you can do everything in your power to make sure that at least the first two weeks of your child's life, you have a family member staying with you or a friend staying with you or someone. I don't, I I understand that significant others can get their paid leave. You're going to need more than that. Yes. Well, also if If you, you you know, if you only, and, and I realize this isn't always an option for people. If you can financially afford it, it wasn't until I was postpartum that I understood the purpose of a postpartum doula. Oh. I was like, oh, I won't need that. Basically, a postpartum doula is just supposed to be your postpartum angel, helping you clean the mm-hmm. house to keep, your, to keep you sane, helping prepare you meals, helping you hold baby when you need to take a nap, all those different things. If you can afford a postpartum doula, mm-hmm. even if you have family members, I, I think I will 100% do that again uh, or not again. I didn't do it for Ruth, but I think postpartum doulas are completely invaluable. That would be amazing. I did not do that. And I would a hundred percent do that. Um, 
but, but, but also, having a, a parent around, I know for me, like I remember God. leaving the hospital and it was just going to be me and Evan. Yeah. And my mom was helping put Ember in the car seat and she looked in my eyes and she's like, cause I had told her we're fine. We're fine. Evan's going to be here. And she looked in my eyes and my mom's like, I'm coming with you. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have to, I don't need it. It's okay. And she's like, Jessica, I'm going to come over and I'm going to spend the night at your house for the next couple nights. And all yes. my mom did was spend the night at my house and in the middle of the night or during the day, hold the baby, bring the baby to me when I needed to feed her. Yes. And so you could sleep yes. because your body needs to heal. Yes. You just had a crazy amount of shit happened to your body okay beautiful yes. shit but shit nonetheless god i have so much to talk about with this topic I like know. so much and it's so fresh in my mind um my mom t- my your mom, mom was there the first two weeks and yeah. i was just like i needed her so bad at did you time. didn't you miss her so bad when she, when left? she left oh my god it was worse than like when i went off to college or like moved away for the first time i was like 10 times worse i was like mom i love you so much don't ever yes. leave me i'm obsessed yes. with you <laughs> yeah no really my I, mom and i always fought so oh much when God. i was growing up even though we were really close but in that moment i was just like i realize how much you mean to me you uh, are an actual saint and i, I worship know. the ground you walk on mother Some people don't have that relationship with their mom. Oh my goodness. Or or don't have someone who's available to help them or who isn't interested in helping them. Or who isn't in the picture, who's passed away, all those different kind of things. So for those who don't have that, first of all, my heart just goes out to you big time. Second, I can guarantee you that there is a community around you of moms or a friend that can, that wants to help, even if they don't know how to help that you have to just do your best to communicate what you need. And even if you feel like you're a burden, do it anyways. Yes. I can just almost a hundred percent guarantee you're not being a burden to them. Uh Like this will make you a better friend to them later (laughs) because you'll be grateful for them for the rest of your life. I actually think that's one of the most difficult things of, postpartum they call it the fourth trimester which i love because you know you go through your third trimester of pregnancy but then there's the fourth trimester of Mm -hmm. you fully growing into becoming a mother of your Mm -hmm. body healing of baby baby has a huge transition in those first few months of being from inside this perfect cocoon of warmth and just perfectness needs being met at every second to suddenly being in this fucked up world where it's cold sometimes and you're hungry sometimes and you're sleepy and all these things so it's a big transition but what i was going to say was uh if you only have your partner or if you only Mm -hmm. have a friend or whatever if you can if you're going to have them this actually wasn't anyway if you have someone that can help you i think having them reading stuff about what it's like to experience mm-hmm. the the fourth trimester if they haven't themselves there's a great book called the fourth trimester and Ta-da. that really helped prep me for what I was going to experience mm-hmm. and I think one of the biggest one of the hardest things is that is just asking for what you need and not being oh, afraid yeah. to ask for what you need and oh, it was yeah. hard for me even who is fine with people serving me <laughs> hand and foot all the time I still had a hard time being like can you please sweep my floor? It's driving me nuts. Oh yeah. Can, it's so can you please make me a smoothie but mm-hmm. like hold off on the flax seeds or you know whatever mm-hmm. I need. It was so hard for me to just ask for everything all Allow the time. Allow yourself to be a diva. Okay? Yes. If you ever deserve your diva time, it's 
this. It's during yes. your fourth trimester, big time. I think even more so than during your pregnancy. I agree. Like this you is when, more. yeah. You know what? <laughs> Hot tip. <laughs> Try your best when you are feeling your most diva-ish while you're pregnant to just hold it in there mm-hmm. so that you can be a raging diva once the baby a comes out and be queen. like, I didn't ask for anything when I was pregnant and now I deserve everything. That's how I was. I didn't play the pregnant card when no, I was pregnant, you honestly. Not at all. And then, yeah, when postpartum came along, I was like, please, I mean, but I needed still so it. But yes, yes. And, and you need it. I would say, I mean, this may be controversial for some people, but I would almost say if you have to afford either a postpartum doula or a doula, if you don't have someone who can wait on you hand and foot I, or your partner has work or whatever, I would almost prioritize getting mm-hmm. a post. That's just my opinion. Maybe um, start saving when you find out that you're pregnant. Yeah. If you do have that financial capability. Or even just a housekeeper like yeah, once a week. Just something. Just someone. to, or Or you can save up your money to get food delivered all the time if this you don't is, have a this meal is what I was yeah you. this is what I was actually going to say as well is that um another thing to to do that's important is when you are having like your baby shower or whatever to have either yourself or you know more what, what would be easier is to have a friend do it, but to set up a meal train so yeah. meal train dot com um, is a website where you can have people sign up to bring you meals. And after you have your baby, you are going to need this yes. or have people send delivery, yes. anything, because you're not going to be leaving the house. Or get food from our sponsor, Daily Harvest, because oh, that's actually what my mom did. My mom ordered us Daily perfect. Harvest. Daily Harvest is perfect for that. Um, Just throw it in some, the blender. The yeah. blender or a, on the stovetop, and it's so easy. <sighs> well, let's get back to... Let's get back to immediately after birth because okay. there's still yes. so much more around that. Okay, so we talked pooping. Was your pooping experience hard? Well, oh, well, what I, so you spent 48 hours in the hospital. So yes. since I was in the birth center, I went home. You they went checked home. everything was good. I went home four hours Yes, after. you sent me a photo four hours after Ruthie in the car seat. <laughs> I I even, it was like 2 a.m. and I'm like, what's this text? I was like, oh my God. Or it was something. It was like yeah. I was asleep or maybe I was even taking a nap. Who knows? I'm like, Evan, look at this. <laughs> I'm like, look at this baby. First of all, why does a baby look this cute right after birth? Number two, uh, she's already going home in a car seat like this is i because for me it was just the first 48 hours was just so overwhelming yeah. like the idea of being like all right get yeah. her in like whoo baby yeah, i know well i was just in a daze so i was yeah so they put me in the bed after i had my stitches and everything and i was just falling asleep in the middle of sentences with people oh yeah and oh my god that feels- i was lit I, it was just the most dead sleep ever and i just couldn't keep my freaking eyes open and but you know i had been labor so for so long i hadn't slept in about a day and a half i'd say yeah. and so i was so tired yeah but another thing about the pooping is that i had shitted my way through my whole labor where literally almost after every contraction I would go sit on the toilet and poop that's wild which I didn't find out till recently I was reading something that actually sitting on the toilet in in between contractions is a great way to bring the baby down and like soften yeah to soften exactly soften that service cervix um but anyway so I was basically 
on empty. I didn't have anything to poop out and I hadn't really eaten that much and I had thrown everything up. So I didn't poop actually for about like 36 hours. Um, I'd say, cause I was hardly eating anything. I was mostly just sleeping and fluids. And like I said, I had thrown or pooped, thrown up or pooped everything out during labor. Um, but yeah, I took a stool softener and I was taking fiber supplements in preparation. And then when it actually happened, it wasn't too bad. But what I will say was atrocious was the peen. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to go there with the peen. Okay. The, The peen. Was (sighs) Was <sighs> the peeing hurts so much, you guys? I just I'm, I'm, so I'm not sorry. Joking. I would think Were about you sobbing. I would think about no. This is what I was doing. I was thinking about women in third world third world countries who don't have access to clean water, and who don't have water to like to oh to peri bottle their their vagina down with while they're peeing. And all I could think about was like women in sub Saharan Africa having to pee with their just like dry healing vagina. And I would start crying. Oh. I would start you, crying thinking about what they would have to go through. I wish I <laughs> was that empathetic that I was even going there. All that I was thinking about was my vagina that felt like it was on fire. Oh, dude. Okay. A peri bottle is literally okay. When they hand you this peri bottle, you're like, "Thanks for the squeeze bottle." It's a little squeezy with thing. water in it. It's sort of like a ketchup bottle. And I'm like, is the well, idea I'm behind like, it? Well, what the hell is this? Is like weird, like cheap camp thing. This is like your savior for my peeing. You squeeze it on the vajay when you are peeing because it takes away the sting of the urine, like the salt probably yeah. in the urine is what I'm imagining. It didn't do shit for me. I no. want to talk about this for, well, for one, I did myself dirty because I was sort of avoiding drinking water, like, because I yep. didn't want to pee. Yep. Yep. Same, same, same. Uh, but then when you do pee, that makes your pee even more concentrated, which yes, makes it and hurt it burns even worse. more. So, so tip is to drink gallons of water. Drink so much water. If you don't have an actual, if you didn't actually tear at all, um, you might also have things called um, these like little micro tears all in hurts the inside of your, yes, it, yeah. and it hurts just as bad. So um, if you don't have a problem peeing and it didn't hurt, you are a superhuman. I don't and know how that's possible, but I good had for a you. friend who was like, yeah, it didn't hurt at all. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, what? What? I well, peed- did she have a C-section? No. <laughs> I was going to say, if you have a C-section, it's probably not going to hurt when you pee. Yeah, but then the baby's all, I don't know. I don't know either, but but here was what, so yeah, drink tons of water. That's my first tip. Don't drink avoid it because you don't want to pee. No, it'll be much better when, when you do that. Um, sits bath. Yes. Did you do a sits bath? Well, so at first, my midwife, for whatever reason, was like, no, the sits baths are not. Like, we don't do those anymore. Like, don't do them anymore. And then eventually, about a week, and I was like, fuck it. I'm sitting in the bath all the time. Yeah. Uh, But I did put witch hazel into my peri bottle, which is really good because that can help fight infection. Mm -hmm. Um, And gives you kind of like a little, like, good burn a little bit where it feels like it's cleansing everything. And then they also have the little witch hazel pads that you uh, put in your little mesh diapers that you have to wear postpartum. Um, did you use those witch hazel pads? Well, so I didn't have the mesh diapers. I just got Depends oh, at okay. Target, um, which buy yourself some Depends or get some of those mesh undies from the hospital because those yeah. are a lifesaver. Because here's another thing postpartum that people don't talk about. You are are releasing Lokia or mm-hmm. Lokia, like Nokia, I don't know. Lokia, L-O-C-H-I-A. Isn't that like the bad guy from Thor? 
don't oh know. no, that's Loki. Loki. Never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <You> really- <laughs> Lokia or Lokia, whatever you call it, and that is basically everything that was in your uterus. Yes. Um, God, there's so much to talk it's, about it's with postpartum. The, I keep being reminded of more and more I things. I know. The Lokia is basically like, you know when you're in college and you guys mix all the alcohol into one barrel, what do you call that, and drink out of <laughs> jungle it? Jungle juice? Jungle juice. Ew! You're it's like the Loki. jungle juice of the body. It just takes all the other shit and it just dumps it out. You've got some little clots here and there. You've got all sorts of different colors, yep. Lokia, going on. You're also bleeding. Um, I bled for maybe three weeks pretty I, consistently. I actually bled for about five or six. Okay. I bled kind of right up until my six-week check. Okay. Um, but yeah, you've got a lot of... And don't be deceived if you don't get it for like 10 hours and be like, I'm going to wear normal underwear. No, just keep those bad boys <laughs> don't on. Don't put those Victoria's Secrets <laughs> panties on, honey, because they're going to get destroyed. Um, also, <laughs> also, yeah, get so many of the mesh underwears. Don't think that you are going to be putting on any cute underwear for at least six weeks also who cares the only cares? one who's going to be seeing you is you uh and you know maybe family or your partner and you're just not even going to be thinking about it well also what i was going to say is you talked about the witch hazel pads what we did is we got like the big cheap pads like menstrual pads yes. the big cheap, you gotta get really the thick, thick ones, ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then just douse those things in witch hazel and Ooh. water and we put a, we did a little mixture of other stuff. We got like golden seal and red ras. We got all these raspberry leaf, basically soaked them oh, like in a that. tea. And then you freeze them and then you can put them in your underwear and then they can numb everything. Pro tip for before you pee too. If you do a frozen pad before you pee. Um, uh, frozen, yes. And if you go on Amazon and I'm going to try, I'll try to find it and then post it somewhere. They also have these specific um long pad like uh frozen packs that you break you oh, snap nice. them and then they're like they're they're cold and you can get them at they give them to you at the hospital a lot of times and they only give you a certain amount so then i found them on amazon and i got them in bulk and i used them for like nice a month afterwards well what i also wanted to say was so if you read the book the fourth trimester um you know they tell you to do frozen pads and all not in the book they do, but in general, they tell you to do frozen mm-hmm. pads. Now, in the book, they actually talk about how a lot of different countries use heat for healing and to help close the womb. So what I invested in, this is like my little personal ad, is something that's called a vaginal steamer. And basically... <laughs> Sorry, it just sounds so like, like the chicest thing or ever. Or va- vaginal steam box. It's actually very like sort of archaic basically what it is it's a little wooden box with like a slot in the top that you would sit on sort of like a looks like a little potty like a little wooden potty basically but what you do is they'll um so i got this off of etsy and the the account is called the nourished woman and they hooked it up they're amazing um but basically what you do is you get a little pot like a little Uh um enamel pot so it holds in heat really well and they'll give you herbs specifically for postpartum and about I started doing it about a week after giving birth because you want to wait until that really really heavy blood has tapered off a little bit so um they give you a pack of herbs so in that enamel pot you'll boil them and then simmer them for like 10 minutes with the lid on and then you transfer that pot into the box and then put the top on and then make sure the steam isn't too hot. But then you sit on it for like 30 minutes Whoa. and it steams your vagina, which feels 
amazing. Really? It feels so good. Oh, it's I like the just get it now spots. to do like a, no, just, you, just for fun to keep no, my they, vagina young. That's what they no. It's used the vag, the vaginal steamer is not just for postpartum. Like a lot of women use it as a ritual, like in between their cycle. Um, you're not supposed to use it when you're on your period, but like in but between like, your cycle. And it's when like I'm a, ovulating and I'm yeah cramping. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's supposed to help with cramps. It's supposed to help regulate your cycle, and it's sort of a wonderful ritualistic like self-care thing where you have 30 minutes to yourself like mm. in the bathroom or whatever I would journal while I was sitting on it so I'd have this my mom hold the picture. baby for a half hour and I would just sit on my little steam box it felt so good it, it was very healing and and um the heat does help I think the the healing to progress a little bit the steam does wow I so, never heard of that yeah oh, the nourished woman on Etsy that's where I okay. got it and I would tell everyone to invest in one postpartum because it's just I looked forward to it every day it felt so good I really felt like it sped up my healing process um and that's another thing they talk about in the fourth trimester is just staying warm in general keeping yeah. socks and like layers on and how you need like hot soups and broths mm-hmm. and these rich hearty mm-hmm. warm things to nourish your body anyway be, that's my plug be for as that. cozy as possible mm-hmm. um don't worry about what you look like for six weeks Mm-mm. which god i could rant it's since i like i said since it's so fresh i could just rant on and on about it i know should we uh, take a little break real quick let's take a little break okay. because i feel like i know what you're about to talk about are we gonna yeah okay all right talk about people being fabulous on social media right after when they're postpartum oh honey did you know that's what i was talking about (laughs) i 100 knew that's where you're going well speaking of fabulous talk time to talk about our favorite fabfitfun the amazing seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty fitness fashion and lifestyle products 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 I mean, the box has the best products. Dr. Brandt, Tarte, Michael Stars, expensive, high-end. The box costs $49.99, but you always, always, always get the value of over $200. Yep. Love that the items are customizable, too. Oh, honey, the customizable. It makes, I love the idea that your box is always going to be different than maybe, like, my box is different Uh than your box. Uh Speaking of our boxes, my box (laughs) is different than your box. (laughs) There's not one correct answer, and FabFitFun knows that. <laughs> well, you don't want to miss out on this latest box, and they sell out quickly, so go to FabFitFun.com and use code CHATTY so you can save $10 off your first box, mm-hmm. making it only $39.99, and some of those products are worth more than $39.99, my favorite so thing about it. I'm like, what? This is $60 retail. What yes. a deal. And even FabFitFun was like, you guys... Your listeners are really enjoying buying the Fat Fit Fun boxes. Almost like don't even talk about what's in each box because we're selling out so quick. We're looking forward to the next box because the boxes that, are fabulous. It's good. So again, that's FabFitFun.com and use code Chatty. Oh. Thank you guys for supporting. We love the support because we love FabFitFun. Yes. Legit. Love yes. them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so speaking of mm. FabFitFun social media, mm. you mean the FabFitFun girls that we were having to look at on social media? Yeah. You know what? It's actually, okay. It's something that triggers me even now. So my experience, I will say the first or second week, mm-hmm. like I had tons of support from my family. And like the end of the first week, I was like, I feel good. I'm going to dress and put makeup on. I'm like, uh-huh. I feel great. Yeah. For like a split second. Um, 
20 minutes. Yeah, it was actually like week two or three where it really hit me. It was mm-hmm. after my mom left and I was just sobbing 24-7, yeah. which like I said, we'll talk about all this emotion stuff in, mm-hmm. in another podcast, but crazy emotions, crazy yeah. fucking emotions. Felt horrible. Felt like I couldn't get outside. Mm-hmm. Felt scared when we would even go into public, like to a restaurant. Felt, yeah, ugh, so much shit. But overstimulation. Yes, overstimulation. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I know now going, having my second or third baby, there's another thing in the fourth trimester that sounds a little radical. They say first week, like, don't get out of bed at all. If it's possible, like, don't get out of bed. Even if you're on your own, like, set up a little, like, fridge stocked full of stuff and the microwave and literally only get up to use the restroom and eat and just stay (sighs) the fuck in bed. Even if you don't feel like it. I would, if I could go back, I would for sure yep. do that. Yep. Yeah. And then like second week, they say like just tiny little walks, like get yeah. a little time outside. Just like take like a 15 minute walk. Third week, maybe like venture outside the house mm. a little bit more, but don't start going back to your normal schedule for like at least a month. Do not push yourself. No. This is not the time to push yourself. No. And I get fucking triggered even now mm-hmm. i saw it the other day and my blood was boiling my oh blood my god was, tell me what n- no it was just a mom and she, i think she was having her third or fourth kid and it was her dressed up makeup on dress on going to church or something on a sunday one week after having the baby one week and look if you if you're if you if Man, if you feel good enough to do that and you're genuinely wanting to do that a week mm-hmm. after giving birth, I would still say don't because I would, I would still say don't push yourself. Yeah. Even if you feel like you want to, yeah. just please try to exercise self-control and don't. But let's say best case scenario, you're feeling amazing. I almost feel like it's irresponsible to post that on the internet because you're giving a for. 95% of people, yeah. you are going to be feeling like shit, but you are also going to be feeling like you should be doing more, which is the biggest lie. Yes. I, I don't know what it's like to have numerous children. So I know that it like changes when you have a lot and you get used to the birth process a little more. So I'm sure yeah. that that makes it a, I don't want to use the word easier, but I guess a little easier, like transitioning. But I agree with you that though the intentions I'm sure are never to be more than like celebrating themselves. Yes. Like here I yeah, am yeah, doing yeah. this and I feel proud of myself. Yeah. Which I get, but like for some of us looking on social media, you just feel like you have to be a woman who pushed a baby out, yeah. figure out how to do this mom thing while your body's healing, get back to your shape oh before, And then also be like beautiful and like having normal human conversations. I know for me, my social anxiety after I had uh, Ember, I maybe by the time she was 10 months old, I was able to be going out with a bunch of people around me and be like feeling really comfortable to have fun conversations without constantly bringing up my baby. But I couldn't even go out for months and months without feeling social anxiety Max. Well, and you know what? They talk about this in the book too. And this is a protective measure Mm -hmm. because your baby, even if you are feeling okay, is so susceptible in those first few weeks. Oh yeah. Needs to be protected from people's energies, Mm -hmm. from loud noise, 
from germs yep. because they're so fragile. And if they get sick in those first few weeks, it can be really bad. Mm-hmm. So it's best for baby if you stay inside too. Just they want to they want to just have the warmest, most womb like environment that they can in those first few weeks if possible. Yeah. Oh, I remember when Ember was about six weeks old, Evan and I had uh, two friends who were getting married and they were getting married out of town and we were like, we have to go to their wedding. We adore them. And they were having a New Year's Eve wedding so that the ceremony didn't start until like 8 p.m. And then it was like an all night party and amazing wedding. But Evan and I are like, we have to go. They didn't pressure us at all about going, yeah. but we're like, we got to do it. We got to do it. So here I am. I got the six week old and I'm putting on 12. I bring like all these dresses that I had because it's supposed to be like the, the sexy New Year's Eve party. I'm trying on all these dresses beforehand, bawling in the mirror yes. because none of them are fitting. I yes. feel weird about myself. I'm like, you people you're are never going to go yeah, back. I'm like, to people it. are going to be looking at my body. And I was so yep. self-conscious. And then we get there and we ended up, we strapped Ember on and we had such a fun time there. And it was like, Ember did amazing. And I had her little headphones on because it was loud and all this stuff. And I'm like, we're amazing parents. The second we got home or got back to the hotel room. Ember was a bawling mess. She didn't sleep a wink the whole night. She got super sick the next day. I felt horribly guilty. Mm. It was a nightmare. Not to say that you can't do anything, but mm. I knew we were pushing it too hard. Yep. I knew it. And I didn't an trust my gut. Thing. Yep. And I didn't trust my gut. I wanted to impress um, our friends and, and put ourselves mm-hmm. out there and be like, we're going to be the cool parents who can handle everything. and Our lives aren't going to mm-hmm. change at all. <laughs> so I did this almost like a brag fest. And yeah. then it was like, oh, the universe was like, oh, not going to happen. And Evan and I are like, after that, we're never again. Yeah. We stayed cocooned <laughs> for months. Like I'm never going outside ever again. <laughs> Just because all of a sudden the, the script flipped and all of yeah. a sudden her, she had been getting more of a regular sleep pattern at that point. Yes. And Yes. It messed up everything for months. Yeah. And that's another thing. Those, that desire to be isolated is okay. And Mm -hmm. I struggled with that because I was like, I felt like I wanted to isolate myself throughout the end of my pregnancy. Throughout Mm -hmm. the third trimester, I was actually like annoyed when people would call or text me or want to hang out. Like some of my best friends, I was just like, no, like stop bugging me. I basically only saw you Jess once a week. That was my only, uh, yeah, my only social time. But and I felt like that postpartum. I was just like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to mm-hmm. be in public. I don't want to go to anyone's house. Yep. I don't even want anybody fucking come over. Mm-hmm. And then now, 10 weeks later, I feel more myself than before I was pregnant. You know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I feel good. And if you don't feel like that at 10 weeks, that's okay too. That's okay. Um, it might take, like for me, it took me about six months. Well, Ruth is easy too, so that's the difference. Yeah, Ruth is. She's a, not colicky and she's a, a sleeping. Low-key sweetie. I know she's always just like a little <laughs> angel sleeping. But I can um, imagine with like a colicky, with a baby, colicky baby, you don't want to leave. I did not feel like myself for at least six months, and it was so discouraging. And I cried every single day, and um, it was horrible. I'm gonna be honest with you. No, I'm serious. Yeah, no, it was, I believe but again, it. it wasn't. It was mostly because I didn't have the mental preparation going in. I thought I was gonna give birth. That was gonna be the hard part, and then after that, it was gonna be all smooth sailing. And mm-hmm. I was basically going to be like, "I'm not gonna make this baby my life. This baby's gonna become part huh. of my life." Huh. And it just doesn't work that way. Mm. And you can. I, I'm not saying like you need to still keep 
the the things about yourself that are important. Like mm-hmm. your self is so important, but in the first few months, especially your self needs healing time yes. and to build a relationship. Emotionally, emo- spiritually. Yeah, yep. And you have to t- like spend time building a relationship with this new little person that you've never met before. Who's going to be part of your life for the rest of your life. Yeah. So it's like this, basically you're dating. Yeah. <laughs> you're dating isolated dating with yeah. your little newborn baby for a few months and that's okay. Oh, and I remember telling Gray, I was like, you don't understand what it's like. like you got your father now, mm-hmm. but to be a mother, it is something different. And she's, she needs me to eat. Yes. She kind of sometimes needs me to sleep. Like speaking of eating. What? Okay. Breastfeeding. Yeah. I want to, I want to get into the whole, the whole boob, the actual physical part of it yes. in a second. But I do want to talk about breastfeeding in general. Um, obviously I know some people, are not going to be capable of it for certain various medical reasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you need to take certain, you know, being someone who has had mental illness, I know that, you know, you can't breastfeed and take certain, certain pharmaceuticals Mm. and you might need to take those and you can't breastfeed. But for those who can breastfeed, it's, um, amazing, but it takes, it's a full-time job. Yeah. It's a full time job. Oh yeah. The first few months your baby is going to be breastfeeding most of the day and you can't really do much, especially when you're starting to breastfeed and you're learning how it works. You can't do much besides breastfeed. Nope. Um, so be prepared in your mind that you're not going to be like, I'm going to go about my regular day and then like I'll throw her on when she needs to like, it's, it's a thing. It's an ordeal. And when the baby gets older and you get like quote unquote better at breastfeeding mm-hmm. you have oh, more she get, freedom they, he or she he gets or he better should, yeah exactly and you feel more too. comfortable you know throwing her in the sling or him in the sling and being able to pop him or her on the boob then that's great but especially the first few weeks when you're figuring each other out you yeah. can't do anything besides breastfeed <laughs> so this is another thing and i think it's just like this with birth and postpartum and pregnancy, just prepare, prepare, prepare as much as you can. And I think I will, I think we will put some of these books in the links, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I loved Ina May's guide to childbirth, loved Ina May's guide to breastfeeding. And mm-hmm. I read that before. And, um, there are things that will set you up for be- better breasts. The, the initial latch is really, really, really important. Yep. So having immediately immediate skin-to-skin contact mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. If you can delay the, the some of the cleaning up and tests until you have the first latch, I mean, that's great. We did it after, but, um, you know... Actually, it's so funny. We need to talk about the first night, too. The first night of baby, that's a lot, but... Um, so she latched, Ruth latched right away when we were there, mm-hmm. um, at the birth center. And then actually that night when I was trying to feed her, it was really hard and yeah. I, she was crying and wouldn't latch on. And then funny enough, one of my nurse friends had sent me a text. She was on the night shift. It was like two in the morning and I read her, I saw her text and mm-hmm. she said, Hey, I know the first night can be hard. Just a tip. Um, skin to skin solves everything. And it was like the universe knew I needed that in the moment. Cause I stripped mm-hmm. Ruth down. And I put her on my chest and she latched really quick, which by the way, if you're worried about being your baby being warm, the warmest place for your baby to be is on your naked chest Mm -hmm. with their naked body with a little blanket over them. But like skin to skin is the 
best place for them if yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, and I think that that really, really helps with breastfeeding. And yeah. Latch. I think I discussed this in our first, uh, birth episode, the birth plan episode, um, or birth goals, excuse me. But <laughs> I know for me that I needed to get a lactation specialist and I happened to have a family friend and it changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk to people again, don't stuff any of this down. This is no. all, this is one of the most important parts of, of postpartum is communicating. And I know it's so hard to communicate when you're so overwhelmed and so tired and every like part of your brain and your body is exhausted, but communication is key. So if you're having, if you're feeling like my nipples are hurting too much, you need to talk to a lactation specialist yep. because you're not supposed to be bleeding. It's going to be maybe a little bit uncomfortable in like kind of a weird way, but it shouldn't be hurting you at no. all. It shouldn't be hurting. Um, so if you're, if you're hurting when you're breastfeeding, something's not quite right. And it might be something so, cause that's so what, small. mine was so small, but when the lactation specialist changed a little bit of the form, every like breastfeeding, yes. no problem. And it didn't yes. hurt at all. And I was like, this is what it's supposed to be like. And then all of a sudden my baby started gaining weight like she needed to. Oh, yeah. And the guide to breastfeeding, she even just says, if they have an improper latch, keep taking them off. Like as frustrating it may be, yep. keep taking them off and putting them back on until They'll they get be bawling. the proper latch. They'll be bawling. You'll be yep. bawling, <laughs> but I promise it will be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I think that's important because people even told me like, you know, it'll hurt at first. Wait until your nipples get used to it. Um, but my lactation consultant told me like, like you said, just slight discomfort. Maybe she said, Nope. If it doesn't hurt, there's a latch mm-hmm. problem. And mm-hmm. sometimes it could be a tongue tie. Um, yep. so that's another thing you wouldn't probably know unless you have an, a lactation specialist help yep. you. They'll check the baby. Yeah. It's a lactation specialist. Uh, of course there's pain it. of engorgement and stuff like that. Of so not course, to say there's no course. pain. No, your breasts will hurt. They're going to be sore. But the feeding itself but the, should like, not be something you're bleeding everywhere and I'm wincing through the whole thing. No, it's not. It shouldn't be Mm-mm. that way. So something's off and that's okay because yes. a lo- I would say most people have something off a little bit. Yeah. So don't feel like you're doing a poor job. It's just, you know, trying to, again, figure each other out. Well, and you know what? It's because we don't live in communities anymore. You don't have ants and sisters and mothers and friends all around you who have done the breastfeeding thing mm-hmm. who can be like, no, let me help you. We don't have yep. that. Nope. We're isolated in our houses by ourselves, like in an island of our misery. <laughs> exactly. And you need to reach out. You need to reach out. Next time I'm having a baby, I'm going to go to like a Burning Man style situation <laughs> for pregnant women. Like where are my camps of pregnant women that we can all just be pregnant and like baby learn together. About, like, and also yeah. like learn why is that not a thing? I don't why are know. pregnancy retreats not a fucking thing? Why why are there music festivals and I can't go into a giant tent with like Wait, dude, this is blowing my mind. Why not have a holistic pregnancy retreat where you make a postpartum plan, where you can talk to lactation consultants, where you can talk to midwives and doulas and like have like prepare massage yourself therapists for everything out yeah. there to be like massaging the- you? Why well, is this I guess, not a thing? Somebody make a pregnant please. retreat a thing. It would have been so helpful. <laughs> and also a postpartum. Like, well, I just want to make be connections a, with other pregnant women yeah. who are going to have babies around the same time as you. Maybe it is a thing and we're just completely out of the loop. I mean, I guess it's what birthing classes are like. Yeah, but, but I, I want to like go away. No, me too. Yeah, I want to be somewhere like beautiful. Like a yoga retreat, but uh-huh, pregnancy retreat. Uh-huh. I want like a hilltop and I don't, I want to be away from everyone who's, uh-huh. I want to be from away from everyone who's beautiful. <laughs> 
I want to be able with the to trolls. just be like just filthy and still feel glowing like a glowing goddess, but not be. I don't. I don't want phones to be allowed. I don't want to look at social media or anything like that. Well, why don't we have like postpartum centers? Like we have therapy centers. We need postpartum centers big time. I agree, especially for women like if they're single moms. Oh, if they're people God. with family, if if they have husbands abroad, Ooh. like you know, in the military. Can we talk about husbands? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, can I say one thing yes, that I've please. been meaning to and I keep forgetting? Yes. When we were talking about, you know, the Instagram crazy mm-hmm. standards, don't fucking listen to them. Stay the fucking bed. Don't put your makeup on. Sit back down. Um, Unless that's what's going to make you feel great. Yes. Try it. I'm going to probably bet that you'll do it once and then you won't do it again for a couple weeks, <laughs> but that's fine. Then just, you know, whatever. Also, you may feel way more ugly because of hormones too, because I was crying all the time, feeling like I was hideous. Oh, I felt like I was just horrifying looking yeah no i was disgusted with myself Mm -hmm. when i would look in the mirror disgusted yeah your hormones do some crazy things to you and this like surprise surprise a lot of times your body's shrinking you're getting back to normal you've got that post mom that post baby glow Mm -hmm. like even if your skin is doing crazy stuff which it will Mm -hmm. sometimes the skin looks great i was dry like a lizard everywhere but you still have this aura about you and other people are looking at you being like, look at this beautiful, You're like doing it, but you just feel like your hormones are making you feel like a, like a creature. Well, yeah. Don't listen to your hormones. So what I was going to say, monster. yeah, hormone monsters don't, yeah, no, that's, that's actually feel like one of the biggest takeaways from the first few weeks is just don't trust the hormone monster. No. It's a lie. Your hormones are lying to you. They are lying to you. Your baby is Please. not going to suffocate in the middle of the night. Your baby. Hopefully, yeah. if you have a safe yeah. sleeping yeah. situation. No, make sure the sleeping situation is safe. But your baby, you're doing a great job. Yeah. You're beautiful. Don't feel Everything's going to get back to normal. Don't feel guilty. What I was going to say is your marriage isn't going to end. Mm. One of my biggest things. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What yes. I was going to say. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to say. Sorry. I'm, I'm remembering. When we were talking about that. I think one of the great ways to make a plan, I I was going to say to keep yourself sane, I said that we won't allow any friends over for two weeks. Love that. Setting boundaries. Love that. No pressure of feeling like you have to entertain people in your home. And delegate it to your husband. Tell Mm -hmm. tell him before you give birth, Mm because trust me, you will thank yourself for doing this. Tell him or her, um, tell your partner, please, I don't want anyone, and maybe there might even be family members that stress you out. Do not feel obligated to entertain them. Tell them that we're not having any people over the first week or whatever. I cannot agree with you more. Just, yeah. You need to do whatever is going to make you the least stressed. Yeah. Seriously. Like, and and what you said about family, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to have a lot of like... You might have family drama because of it. Mm-hmm. I know that I did, but I, there were certain people that I just could not have and I had to just say no and say, I was no. better for it. Yes. You know? And then I was able to eventually see them when I was a little more sane yes. and that I wasn't just going to start bawling in front of everyone always yes. like have your quiet space. No. Dude, Gray was trying to take me out. I remember it was two weeks postpartum. He was trying to take me to have dinner. He was trying to take me to have dinner with one of his friend's parents, and I sobbed, and I was like, no. Oh, I don't want to go to your friend's parents' house so they can see our baby. I don't give a fuck. They yeah. can see her when she's five weeks old. So ask for help and say no. Yes. Set boundaries. And I know you, your friends and your family may be like, I want to see her while she's a little. little. She'll still be a little when she's a month 
after yes. being born. Yes, and they'll actually probably have more fun once she's a month or he's a month anyways because they're a little more interactive, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, be a diva. Yeah. Be a diva and if in you every can, form. Yeah, so you can make a hard line plan and say no family till one week or no extended family for one week and no friends for two weeks. I think just like making a hard line plan and sticking to it can really help. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, so, yes, yes. You were saying. Um, marriage. About marriage. Or partnership. Or partnership or whatever that looks like. If you are living or in relationship with the person that you have the baby with, um, do not feel like your marriage is going to end because I know a lot of people feel that way. There's this weird surge of hormones when all of a sudden the baby comes out and you're like, I've never loved him or her more in my entire life. And it's like so magical. And then your hormones start to freak out. And then you have a week where you've never been more in love with your partner. And the next week you're like, mm. I, I have to divorce them immediately. They don't see me. They don't understand me. Yes. Your hormones are wow. all over the place. And I can't say more that this is not the time to make a huge decision. No. Oh man. You're, you're, you're preaching to the court. Yes. I'm, I'm like with me again with, with Evan, I would have a week where I was like, he is the father of my child. Dude, the first Look week him, we were so gorgeous. in love. Oh, like the first yeah. two weeks and I'd the say thing we is were like, like all over each other. It'll ebb and flow. And, and you'll have these moments. Yeah. Where it's literally like, looking at you holding our baby. And then the next week you're like, you don't even ever hold our baby yeah. and you don't even remember how to change her properly and what you're a mess. And like, and you, and you can't stand the person then, yep. but just know it's your hormones and just give it a hot second. Mm -hmm. Wait to make a big life decision until mm -hmm. your baby's like maybe a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's not the time to make a relationship call now. I'm not saying that there's not a situation where you are in a dangerous situation. situation Please don't yeah. take, I'm, I'm talking like a relatively healthy partnership, like he annoys me. but he's annoying you or you're <laughs> he like, he doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't think that I'm beautiful anymore. Yeah. Like just take a breather and let it lie big time. Um, yeah. No, yeah. that's so, dude, the first two weeks we like wanted to get it on all the time. Right? Your hormones are going nuts. First two weeks. I mean, like, like I said, my vagina was like a bloody mess basically. <laughs> but you're like, and do you want to put it in? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. You know, we were both just like so into mm -hmm, each other. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, yep, yeah, week three or four where I hated myself, hated him, mm -hmm. hated, I would sob myself, holding her and she'd be sobbing and I'd be sobbing like <gasps> oh <yeah. laughs> i remember holding ember maybe I, she was like two months holding her crying like the tears were getting all over her and i was like baby we're gonna pack our bags and get out of here it's just gonna be you and me we hate your dad <laughs> i'd like <laughs> <laughs> poor it's evan was just like having to work again and like you know but i was just like you don't care about us anymore <laughs> and he's like i have to literally make money so that you can be home with the baby shit. it is the real it's very real oh my god yeah i was like i hate you man yeah. and why don't you touch me and why don't you oh mm -hmm. my god so oh my so god. give it give that a pause oh. and know that again you're not a being a bad wife or partner or whatever, if you can't stand your significant other in that moment, yes. it's just your hormones. You're having to all of a sudden be responsible for another human being 
Especially yes. if you're a, you're a mom uh, for the first time. This is the first time in your life you're literally physically responsible for another human being's life. And responsible for physical affection 24-7. And it can be really difficult yes. when you're pouring out touch into yes. another being and it's not being poured back into you. Yep. Which is another thing if you can afford to schedule like with a massage therapist or even have a trusted friend to ask them to massage you or your partner in a non-sexual way, make that clear to unless you want it but yeah. you know just be like please just touch me just uh-huh. give me gentle touch just and give caress. me scratches yes <laughs> yes tickly um, back soothe that app soothe have you heard of this app no um i don't know if they are located all over the united states or not but i do know that they're in california for sure i believe it's a, a national oh is that like thing. massage therapist on the go yep like uber for massage yep. uber for massage and you can specifically request on soothe Suge. <laughs> that was my soothe and Uber. Suger. You can request on it sounds like French or something like Suge. We're going to suge your you mind and body, the darling. And they rub all over the body. I don't know what accent that is. But you go on Soothe and you and you can request if you prefer a female. Um I requested for myself someone who does postpartum massage. And they'll come to your house and set up so while the baby's taking a little nap, you can wow. get a massage in your living room. Wow. And it is so worth the money. And it's you can not- select postpartum massage. Yeah, you Shut can request it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a game changer. Yeah. I wish I had that. Yeah. Or you can say like specializes in pregnancy, postpartum, whatever. And they'll send you, it's typically a lady who does that, send you that girl and oh man. Great idea. Scaring Ruthie. Great idea, by the way. <laughs> for um a baby shower instead of asking for things for the baby maybe you could ask for some massage gift certificates so good that's what i gave to my one of my last girlfriends Great who had a baby idea. i was like here you go because this is what you're gonna want afterwards yeah. so like a daily harvest a soothe massage yeah. seriously yeah that's so great some um, talk space yeah seriously <laughs> like actually that would be that they should have talk space postpartum for sure they don't that the, would be there these are oh some my God, like there's some creative things that you can give when you're having a baby shower and everyone's getting the same thing. I know uh, I gave a massage to a girlfriend, another girlfriend, I gave, um, a full postpartum kit oh. just like, and, and when, and when I gave it to her at, <laughs> at her actual baby shower, she was kind of like, thanks. Cause it's yeah. not cute. And yes. she was grateful, but she yes. was just kind of like, why did you give me stool right. softeners in a basket and all these like tucks and witch hazel and all this stuff. I'm like, I know you're having a hospital birth and I know that they're going to give you a few of these things at the hospital, but you're going to need more. So you're going to need disposable breast pads. You're going to need. Yes. I love my disposable breast pads. Oh, obsessed. Can we talk about that feeling of having milk all over you, all over the place? You mean squirting out of your breast? Your breasts have never looked better ever, right? So after you have your baby, your boobs are like full Pam Anderson, stunning, perky, Ooh, amazing. But you have milk squirting out of you constantly. Well, and just leaking. And that's one of the things I hated yeah. most about the first few weeks is your your milk levels, levels are adjusting. And I was just always dripping. There was always some part of me that was wet with breast milk. And I just hated that And you that smelled feeling. like breast milk all the time. Yes. So like your vagina's leaking, your breasts are leaking, you're crying. <laughs> There's liquid coming out of every part yeah. of your body. Every orifice is dripping some sort of liquid. Well, two things we didn't talk about. One is the cramping after you give birth. Yes. I know we're jumping all around. Yeah. But- sorry. There's just so much. Um, 
you will experience contractions after birth. Yeah, like period cramps of your yes. uterus squeezing everything out and trying to contract back Which is to its a good thing, size. so don't be afraid. It's a good thing your your, uteri- your uterus is going back to normal size. Um, it's going to help your body regulate itself again. It's going to help your body get back to its normal shape again or your its original shape as, you know, close to yeah. possible. Well, but it'll be uncomfortable. And again, wasn't told about the no. the post cramping, the post contractions. No. I was like, "What's going on?" Did it happen when you're breastfeeding? Because that's yes. when it would happen for mm-hmm. me. That was mm-hmm. the painful part of breastfeeding for me was my uterus cramping. Yes, hot pad, electric pad, you need it, game or a hot changer. water bottle, yep. another game changer. <laughs> Just cover yourself <sighs> in items. <laughs> A hot pad, it was in some ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. I was like, give me some ibuprofen. I oh, need yeah. some medication now. This oh, yeah. You need, you need pain meds big time. Uh, nipple cream. Uh, well, a lot of magazines. I was going to give a tip for um, peeing because the, sit, the, the peri bottles didn't really help for shit mm-hmm. for me. I probably could have been drinking more water, like I said. But if you're still having... P problems. <laughs> I literally Googled and I found a blog post called How to Pee Without Crying After Giving Birth. You f- oh my Because God. that's what was happening for me. Yeah, oh like, no, I'd cry I was, every time. I was yeah. crying and yeah. I, it burned like a motherfucker. And I found this article and her tip was basically virtually get in crow pose while yes. you're peeing. Yes. So you gotta like- lean, just as demonstrating right now. So yeah, you, you sit on, I sat kind of on the edge of the toilet, Mm -hmm. leaned all the way forward. I'm not joking until my forearms were on the ground and I was up on my (laughs) tiptoes, if you can imagine this. So, you know, normally you're sitting like an L, right? So then you lean so much more forward that you're at a V where it's almost like Mm -hmm. you're, yeah, you're bent completely forward, like in crow pose. And that way the P you bend forward so much that the P goes straight down instead of trickling or touching your vagina yes. so your urethra points straight into the toilet instead of down all over your yeah and it's not like spackle labia. pee yeah so that was my that and that was oh. another hashtag game changer for me <laughs> pro post pee oh yeah no i remember starting to do that and i'm like oh this works this works when i was like i can no longer now i'm out in public i can no longer pee only ever in the bathtub with water in it because that's what I was doing for the first month is I would always pee I would go to people's house and be like can I use your bathroom please and I'd go and pee in their tub so you would fill it up with water sit in it no literally people would be like is she running our bathtub I would have done the same I'd be like I don't care it hurts too bad it's just it was too much and in the the peeing in the bath really relieved like most of my pain Mm -hmm. um so tip <laughs> not that gross pee is sterile yeah come on um okay also should we do this or wait we're trying oh, to decide whether to keep going ad. what were we gonna say well no you know what okay let's talk about finish up talking about the boobs for a second too there's, yeah there's we're gonna talk still. about that okay but but let's talk about boobs for a second okay. um also so you have milk squirting out of them something i didn't know that's aesthetic is that your nipples get gigantic and dark (laughs) yeah mine turned dark during pregnancy though see mine didn't until i like probably a week before i gave birth you know why that is 
Because the baby can see your nipple. It's like a bullseye. Biology. So they can see your nipple better. Wow, universe. So cool. So impressive. But um, they do get huge and dark. You know what people also don't know is that you have colostrum in the first three days. A lot of people don't know this. Yes. Your breast milk is not white the first few days. No. It is a thick yellow thing called colostrum. They call it liquid gold. It's superfood. And for like your baby. one drop can satiate your baby for a day, if I'm not mistaken, or many hours. Yeah. So that your body's protecting. Your body's amazing. So cool. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so you have these very large, dark nipples that come out of nowhere. Um, I had already had large, dark nipples, and then they became larger and darker, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> and, and I had been out of the sun because I was pregnant, so I was butt white with the darkest nipples that were the size of plates. Like, you could have had a nice full meal off of one of Word. my nipples. Um, and two people who are visiting your sweet postpartum friends when they whip their boob out to feed their baby do not gasp in horror at our nipples it's not very nice Someone do that to you oh all the time <laughs> now i'm like so curious like did they look freaky well, they were big and dark. Oh, well. You know, but like, I think a lot of my, pussies. a lot, yeah, a lot of my girlfriends who came and visited had never had, they had never had babies. So They're they like, didn't oh, know. Ew. And they were used to seeing my boobs as they were before and oh. they changed drastically and they would, go, oh God. And I'm like, yes, I know. I know they're weird looking, but they went mostly back to normal. So don't, you know, if you're like, oh my God, what's happening with my nipples and the yeah. color and everything, they go back mostly to their regular color. Mine stayed a little bigger, but whatever who cares who cares it's so your baby can see your nipple so they can get freaking fed yes so don't just don't and if those are the type of people who are going to come over maybe just don't let them i shouldn't have let those people come over (laughs) cut them out of your life just been like i know how they're going to be i'll wait till i look like myself again so that they're not traumatized by (laughs) you know what i mean that's all i'm saying and then one of them has now become a mom and she sat me down and we both cried and she Aww. was like, I'm so sorry. Aww. It was a very beautiful moment. Oh, that's just a good thing. Two friends or people of, I'm sure you'll know someone who's going to be pregnant. This is what you can do. First of all, set boundaries up for yourself for them. So be like, I'm going to come over. Um, or like, would you, first of all, would you like me to come over? Please feel totally comfortable saying no, and we can wait until later. I understand you're going through a hard time. Beautiful. So set that up for them, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so make it very easy for them to say no. Yes. And maybe say, if so, let me know how I can be of service. Like, can I wash dishes for you? Mm. Can I bring you over food? Do you need anything from the store? Would you like me to hold your baby while you can take a nap? Mm-hmm. Just... Be, just keep asking because sometimes maybe they won't feel comfortable asking for your, your help. So be like, can I wash your dishes? Like, do you need me to clean your bathroom? Like, do you need me to do laundry? Can I fold and put away yes. laundry for you? Like yes. your pregnant or your, your postpartum friend will love you. And be, if you're not the one who just had the baby, if you're the friend, um, be so generous with your friend that just had a baby. They're, they, they aren't going to be the same friend that you're used to for a hot minute, probably. Yes. Um, they're not going to maybe have the capacity to have that hot gossip that you normally yes. do when you get together. Fun they're going to be so consumed with their baby that every five minutes they're going to be looking down at their baby. Yes. Uh, they're going to maybe be off hormonally. They're not going to be texting and calling you as much. Please be generous. Know that they still love you, but 
they maybe won't be able to be the friend that you're used to for a little while or maybe ever again. They're, you know, life changes when you have a baby, things, you know, friendships morph. So be generous and kind. Um, I know one of my best girlfriends and I'm after I, um, got pregnant, stuff started to get a little different towards the end of my pregnancy. But after I had Ember, her and I just fell apart because Mm. she, didn't understand why I wasn't coming and visiting her. She is a very successful businesswoman who runs Mm -hmm. her own company. And I used to swing by hers because I had a more flexible job and I stopped swinging by hers because I was breastfeeding my baby 24 seven and didn't want to leave my hole. Mm -hmm. And she thought that I was just being a bad friend. And Mm. so her and I really fell out because of that. And she had these expectations that I was going to come over to her place. And I was frustrated at her going, you have no idea what it's like. And, and we really fell out until she recently just had her baby. And she, um, when I went over, she, sorry, I'm going to cry. Oh, she was just like, I'm so sorry that I ever had these expectations of you. Like I had no idea that breastfeeding was going to be happening every 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like I shouldn't have needed you to come over to prove that you love me. Like I knew that you love me already. Yeah. And it was everything that I needed to hear. And I don't blame her for feeling the way she did because before I had a baby, I wouldn't have, I would have probably felt the same way, Yeah. you know? Um, you just don't know. Until you don't you know. And it. that it's, it goes that way for everything. Like, yeah. I don't know what it's like to run a huge business like she has. So right. I have to be generous. Right. But when it comes to a baby in a little life, like be generous with your friends, like love them, know that they're trying their best, yeah. but they're probably swamped. So yeah. they'll come back eventually, mm. but try not to take it personally. Um, yeah. Build each other up as much as you can. And be there. And be, be there. there. And whatever that means, even if it means not being there. Exactly. And, not, and just waiting it out for a few months. And don't stare. They're huge nipples. <laughs> Speaking of nipples. Don't make them look like a freak. Or don't, yeah, and don't make yeah. them feel like a freak. Don't I make mean. them feel like a freak. Broads, I, I'm <sighs> seriously, I'm really, I always get really excited to talk about this company um, every time because I think about how much I love them daily. Third love. Third Love is the most amazing bra company. They use data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. And your boobs can join the millions of pairs. With the Fit Finder quiz, all you have to do is answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. And when I say perfect fit, I mean perfect fit. It's 100% fit guaranteed. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Yes, Third Love. I couldn't love them more. Seriously. They offer 70 sizes, including half cup sizes. Thank God. The most comfortable bra, straps that won't slip, tagless labels, lightweight, super thin memory phone foam cups, memory foam cups. These cups are amazing. They do a little bit of the lift that you need, but, uh, or that you want, but they're not uncomfortable at all. Um, 
after I got my first third love bra, I went back online and ordered three more because I'm never wearing another bra again. Hell? It was it was my perfect fit. I'm love obsessed. It. Love it. Um, yeah. So obsessed. third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, just like the perfect bra for Jess. Yes. So right now they're offering you all 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash chatty now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash chatty for 15% off today. Love your boobs. Love your bra. Love third love. Hell yeah. I, I realized I had to enunciate 15 because it sounds like I said 50 the first time. So 15%. I mean, that would be swaggy. That would be generous. But 15. 15 is generous enough, especially for the perfect bra. Yeah. You wear those things every day. That's like a... Whew. I know I was never a bra girl until I had a baby and now I have to. Yeah. You know, it's same. I didn't wear wear a bra probably half of the time. And now I wear one every day because they are a little saggalish. Also, I I just need something to put my breast pads in to soak up the milk. Yes. That's very necessary. I'm like, I need something to stick them in. So I need a bra. Yes. Um, Oh man, so, so much. Let's just talk one more. Like, wait, we, we, yeah, what haven't we covered? Because I know okay, we haven't well, c- covered we haven't, postpartum sex. Yeah, we haven't talked, and we oh, didn't talk about emotions at all. So we need to talk. I mean, about we this did a little bit. Episode, we did a little slightly, bit. But, but we're going to get into it with the the postpartum depression yeah. episode. We'll get into all the gamut of emotions. And I want to. I think on our Instagram, we should ask people what's the craziest thing you did post part, like postpartum, like the silliest thing that you did out of crazy emotions because i remember my yes. sister-in-law told me a story and the, some of them are embarrassing because you do crazy things and you you're paranoid you're like a, oh yeah you're like a psycho person yeah i yeah i um i freaked out at somebody in line at target oh save this save this for the next podcast save should it. i yeah save it or should i should we do a little tea so that other people can okay. say what they did yeah what did you do i <laughs> i freaked at somebody like freaked. I was holding Ember and I'm in Target, you know, like stressed out of my mind for How just old the was reason. She, you know? Um, she was maybe like three or four months old. Okay. And um I heard the person in front of me speaking like kind of like in a belittling way to the cashier. Not anything like crazy. It wasn't like they were cussing them out, but just the tone. Mm -hmm. And I went in on the person. I was like, how dare you not treat this cashier like a human being? Would you be okay if a child of yours spoke to somebody? And I went off on this guy. Yeah. I'm all about that shit. I'm all about that. I was yelling at him. Oh, I would have loved to witness that. If I I had seen that, I would have been like, please be my best friend. I really hope. Maybe there's footage of it from the Target in Orange somewhere in Orange, California. Wait, so what exactly was the guy doing before you freaked out on him? He was just speaking in kind of a belittling way to the cashier. Just being rude. Yeah, but again, nothing like, nothing crazy, just kind of like... Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, you already, you already, uh, like swiped that. I don't know. It's your job. Like some comment, yeah, just yeah. belittling. And I flipped. And I was like, if I ever find out that my my small precious daughter right here speaks to someone the way that you are speaking to this person, I will be disgusted. <laughs> like, I don't that losing I, it, losing it. Fuck yeah! I'm so about. That. But then I, but then when I was driving home, I was like too much <laughs> how did the person react Sh- like shocked shocked like he didn't they- say he didn't say anything didn't say anything he's just kind of shaking his head he's just like crazy you're, you're crazy like kind of under his breath yeah but he didn't 
I mean, again, he I'm was holding. Probably it. really embarrassed too. I think I really embarrassed him, and then also Good. he sees me looking disheveled with a newborn. <laughs> you know, like I probably had wild bloodshot eyes because I hadn't been sleeping. I got some crazy sweats that I'm rocking that are probably about that in our postpartum depression episode too. The sleep. This is the lack of sleep. We didn't even talk yeah. about that. Did you anyway. have, did you do anything crazy so far postpartum? No, I'm perfect. Yeah, I figured. You didn't. <laughs> um, but like no, wild because mine, it, like I said, mine came at like four months. No, mine was like a summation of um, some little little crazies here and there, just smattered in with normal life. Um, no, not yet, but there is time. There's, There's time. definitely time for me to get a little wild. My, I think, I genuinely think my crazier postpartum moments came later on when I was out and about more hmm. with the baby. You're just out. My more. Libra sign was very strong postpartum. <laughs> I was like Mother Earth, and any time that I, I saw Libras avoid conflict. No, but I mean the balance part oh. of it. The justice, my justice complex was just firing off on all cylinders. I freaked at somebody Hashtag at the nail salon. Justice. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I did a lot of, someone was oh, making fun dude. of a transgendered person and oh. I started screaming. There's a lot. Oh it was, man, I we're for this quiet, shit. But again, it was all very inappropriate. Like it, no, it's not. No, no. I mean, yeah, it is. But I, I needed to stand up for these people and not, say something in a in a, a socially acceptable way yes, to go about I it. I needed to. I I'm glad I said something, and I would definitely like I would have been proud of myself. I'm sure looking back, like yes, you speak up, but also don't scream at people. Yeah, like uh, I was out of control. Yeah. Evan was regularly embarrassed because he'd be with me sometimes when I would do this, but he he knew better than to step in and disagree because yeah. then he would have gone the wrath. But he would just watch me, just Dude, like I'm about that. I want now. See now, I want you to have another baby so you can see that come out more. I get really aggro, but I mean, yeah, I was trying to think if I've ever seen you like call anybody out of the bar. You weren't that there that one time where that guy was being really fucking crazy to me, were you? No, I probably would have called him out at five when we were at uh, seven grand. No, we I were heard at about this it. Bar and it was yeah. really wild. This guy would not leave me alone, and it was like three different times where like a friend came and rescued me from him. Oh no, I would have. I would have said something. He came up and started talking to me again in a group, and I was like. He said something like, what? Like, why don't you like me or something like that? Like, you don't like me? You don't want to talk to me? And I was like, oh, you didn't get that impression after I left talk in the middle of talking to you three times already? No. And then he, like, called me a bitch. He was like, you're a – he was all drunk. He was just like, you're a fucking bitch. Like, you think you're too good for me? Like, that kind of thing. Oh, no. No, no, no. I would have (laughs) flipped. I'm very low-key. And then, like, if you cross a friend or if you say something bad about Evan – no, it's bad. It's oh. really bad. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, oh a little woozy pukey. Just a little bit on my shoe and on the... That was Did weird. You... Anyway, we're fine. Clean that up in okay. a second. Um, um, so let's talk... Should we wrap this up with our most favorite topic, sex? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about sex. <laughs> um, so you were saying that you guys... you Did you have sex? The first couple weeks? Yes. No. We didn't, didn't actually have intercourse. Okay. But I was giving him like blowjob stuff galore. <laughs> I really was like the first couple weeks. You're like, I am a superhuman. Dude, literally baby, the first He's so no- pleasured. I'm not even fucking kidding. The day that we brought her home that night, I gave him a blowjob. I remember. Are we you were in the living serious? Room. We were in the living room and there was music on and the baby was asleep in the little bassinet and we were just like dancing with each other and then we we're like, oh, this is. 
Look at our fucking perfect life. Let's get it on. Oh my God. I know. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it all went downhill from there. Yeah, for sure. But um, <laughs> that was a weird thing. Um, but yeah, so the first couple weeks you're kind of into it. Um, they say you shouldn't have sex until your cervix closes. So usually mm-hmm. like five or six weeks yeah. until you have your six week checkup. Cause get you can the get thumbs infections. up from your OB. Yeah. And then my midwife's assistant though, when I asked her, she's like, have you guys been having sex? I was like, no, I thought I was supposed to wait till six weeks. And she was like, eh, I, she, she was like, if you feel fine, like it's fine. I was like, really? I was so scared to have sex. So, do, so you guys have had sex? Yes or no? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much fairly short after I got the go ahead. Um, but they they say you can have oral sex like as soon as you want, basically. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you even though, eye twitch, even though, like, yeah, for sure. yeah, 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 I was ready for that. No, I, the only thing is like, j- like don't swallow because breast milk. <laughs> Just kidding. What? <laughs> I didn't get the joke. Okay, my when I gave Evan the first BJ post, this is so TMI, whatever. When I gave Evan the first BJ post um, Ember being born, which I think was maybe about a week after Ember was born, I was feeling the horn dogs too because of my hormones. And um, I did not though, like literally he was about to orgasm and I like pulled away and intentionally would not swallow because I was like, I'm breastfeeding and the baby's going to be... <laughs> drinking this and that's dis- disgusting <laughs> and despicable and some sort of weird like incestuous like, dude my baby sickening. is my sperm yeah that's what i would have told you i'd be like she is my sperm okay oh no i was on some weird hormonal wavelength where i was like oh my god what if she oh my god just like no i was tripping i was tripping afterwards but okay but did that's it so funny did it so, hurt for you for the first like for your first time um, what was your first experience honestly you know, we, once we actually did have sex, which was around six or seven weeks, I'd say, first intercourse, um, I should say that we had, uh, no, it wasn't that bad. And to be honest, it wasn't awkward either. Like we just used somebody, my sister, my older sister, again, shout out Maddie. She had said, use a ton of lube. Yes. Like more than you think you (laughs) need to. Like a whole bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Use just like a ton of lube and, um, oops. You know what? I will admit, dude, this is a really weird thing to admit, but what are you about to say? It's just weird. And it's like so taboo, but it's like, it is, I don't don't even want to admit it, but we had sex. Like we were like laying on the bed, you know, doing it on the, on our, like on the side. Yeah. And, oh, I, I'm so sorry. This is going to freak people out and it's, but Ruth was definitely like latched to my boob, like feeding while we were having sex. And I I feel like that's weird for some people. They're like, your baby was literally like in bed with you. Yeah, But what about when people have sex when they're pregnant? The baby's inside of you and the the, the penis is going up close to where the baby is. Yeah. I just felt so weird because she was literally, but it's like, that's just a glimpse into what it's like postpartum. It's so hard to like have sex without getting interrupted. Yeah. The only times the baby's not going to interrupt you is when you're, is when you're feeding. Well, and to be honest, one of the first times we tried having sex, I burst into tears because, um, I was worried about her. Like she, I was worried she was going to start crying. Like she was in the room in her bassinet, but I was still like, I I felt guilty that I didn't have my mind on her. Yeah. And so it was this really weird thing where the first time we did it with her being like next to me Mm -hmm. and I knew she was happy and like 
that she, and she, I think she was asleep, but it was like, you know, it was it wasn't weird, but it it was just like no, I understand the taboo. I knew she it, was yeah. taken care of though, and so I could fully put my mind on other sexier things because I was like, yeah. dude, my baby is so happy right now, so yes. like mama can be happy too. <laughs> And it was so weird. I think but that that's great. I don't know. Like, I get the taboo-ness of it. It's like, but... it's not like she was involved in our sexual <laughs> yeah, act, you like freaks. You weirdos. No, she was just happened to be yeah. in the room next well, she to me. milk. Yeah. She's an infant. She's not going to fucking remember no. it. She doesn't know what the hell's going no. on. Anyways, he was behind <laughs> you. She didn't even see. Exactly. You shielded her eyes. <laughs> yeah, so that was our so first So you didn't time. have it a painful... That's amazing. No, 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 no. But, um... Definitely slower and just different. I would say I was really, really scared. Were you? Yeah. Because I was still having so much pain when I was peeing. Really? Yeah. At six weeks? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so what happened was I went to go to my OB to get my six-week checkup. Uh And they were like, you should still wait a little bit to have sex. Oh, okay. They're like, you have a lot of micro tears that we can see when we're like stretching it out. And you really should still like... Mm -hmm. I got like a little infected, my little Mm -hmm. stitches and all that. So... They were like, you need to wait. So I had to wait to eight weeks. And then they were like, okay, you're fine. So I went home <laughs> and I was like, it must happen. <laughs> like I knew the deed. I, I wanted to do it then because I wanted to just like conquer my fears. So I'm like, I know with, I'm yeah. going to be okay. I want to have sex. I've been just like horn dogging it up. Like I, I, yeah. I want to have sex. And poor Evan, like the last few months of my pregnancy, I did not want him to touch me. Oh yeah. So it had been... Many it was moons. The, it was honestly the opposite with me. Grayson didn't want to touch me during the last and few months were, of my pregnancy. Oh yeah. See, I was and I, I was, was like, I hate you. I was enjoying I was enjoying myself a lot the last few months, uh-huh. but I did not want to have sexual intercourse. Yeah. Um, just because I just felt like not in my own body, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but the first time we had sex, I it was uncomfortable for me, mm-hmm. but not like horribly painful just Mm -hmm. kind of uncomfortable like just sore and kind of felt different well it hurt when I peed after I will say that yep yep it burned it burned micro tears um but I it it felt weird like Mm. it was the hot dog down a hallway situation oh really Uh uh-huh like it felt vast Like my va- vagina mine, was like vast and huge. Mine does feel different. I wouldn't say vast, but the space is different. It's a different space. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. It's like walking into a it's, different room. See, yeah. New interior decorating yeah. is kind of what it felt like. So I was like, this is weird. And then I was, you know, then I was a little in my head, like, Evan, is this weird for you? And he was like, no, it doesn't feel any different to me at all. I'm like, really? Okay, well, then I could relax. And I don't know if he was lying, but he did a good job if he was. (laughs) He's like, babe, honestly, it does feel like a hot dog down the hallway. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't feel anything at all. Um, (laughs) Am I inside right now? Like, what's going on? Um, But, but, oh, little sweetie. Um, Come on, Ruth. We're almost done. <laughs> but, She's been uh, sleeping most of the time on my bed. Mm-hmm. But um, but I was uh, so I I I was in my head. But then as soon as he like comforted me, then I was like, okay, and I was relaxing more. And then we had sex three times in a row that day. Like I was wow. like, thank God, finally. Yes. Um, and then I would say my vagina felt norm, like fully, like itself again. Maybe. At like seven months, I was like, I felt like my 
it didn't feel different. It felt back to normal. Mine still again. feels different. And sometimes For mine sure, feels yeah. different even like in between, like, um, just on a normal day. Yes, like I can squeeze it. And almost it's, like there's like a, like a balloon at the top. You know what? It like feels, it's going into a balloon. I don't know. I, don't I know understand what you mean. It almost feels, um, to me tighter at the entrance of my vagina and then and wider then inside. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like a balloon, like you're sticking it in, but then it's like this open. Yes. Which would make sense. Your birth canal yes. is expanded a lot. But once it gets back to fully to normal, it felt like the same. The same. Yeah. Um, what I do want to say, shout out to my pelvic floor physical therapist who yes. I saw before I was giving birth and she helped me do, um, what's it called? Perennial massage mm-hmm. and helps really loosen up all my pelvic floor muscles because a fun fact, if you are exercising a lot before your birth, which is kind of good to do, or some experts would actually say you should do the opposite because if you're still like, I don't know, doing vigorous exercising, your pelvic floor can stay mm-hmm. really tight. And so when you're, the baby is moving down through, your muscles can tear because they're too tight from all of your physical activity. Interesting. So I, if I'm saying this correctly... Somebody, a medical professional out there might be wincing at me butchering this, but um, I remember reading something actually in the fourth trimester where she talks about tapering off on heavy physical activity in the mm-hmm. last few months so, you're, and so your pelvic floor can really, the muscles can relax. Anyway, so you might actually have tears in your pelvic floor muscles and you might continue to have painful sex yeah. months after. And my... A physical therapist, so if this is wrong, don't shoot the messenger. It's not me, it's her. She said, if you're continuing to have painful sex after giving birth, like beyond, you know, the first few times or the first couple, few months, she said you should see a physical therapist because um, that can be corrected. And some women go on years and years having painful postpartum sex. And that, or peeing yourself all the time. Yes. um, That also can be a sign of a weakened pelvic floor Mm -hmm. and a physical therapist can help you with that. You do not have to deal with incontinence or painful sex after giving birth. That does not have to be something that goes hand in hand. Yeah, the new normal, yeah. Yep. Wow, I didn't know that. And they're they're pretty rare, actually, pelvic floor physical therapist. So if you find one, that's... Maybe that's what I should have gone into. Yeah. Pelvic floor physical therapy. Yeah. You could, you still could. I'm going to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, my goodness, we had a, I mean, sorry, we were kind of all over the place, you guys, but there's just so much to, to cover and we will, like we said, get into more with the postpartum depression episode, more about emotions. Um, but you know, just to, uh, wrap it up neatly in a box, be generous with yourself, set firm boundaries, try to set them before Mm -hmm. the baby comes when you're in your right mind. Um, uh, learn to say no, don't feel bad about it. Be a diva, Mm -hmm. um, take care of yourself and your baby first and foremost, know that there's a hormone monster that is huge and do everything you can to really research postpartum beforehand so that you can have your little nest set up to take care of your healing body. Um, and for friends, family, and partners Mm -hmm. of someone going through the postpartum period, make it very easy for them to say no. Like yes. basically tell them, tell me right now, no, you know, mm-hmm. make it easier, easy for them to say no. Ask specifically if they need help certain things. Don't just say, do you need anything? Cause they'll yeah. probably say no. Be like, can I wash the dishes for you? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, and hopefully this helps you be more sensitive to their needs and what they may be going through. Be generous with them as well. Yes. And yeah. Great, great, great chatting. I great chatting it. with you, Jess. Great to chat with you, <laughs> Becca. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. We love you guys and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Chat soon, broads. Chat yeah. soon, broads. Bye. Bye. <laughs>